Welcome back to the Alliance Theater Podcast. I'm your host and resident Spellman Fellow, Asada Amenkichi. On this episode, we're chatting with Corey Smith. As the lead membership and patron services manager and director of our IDEA LGBTQIA subcommittee, Corey knows exactly what audiences can expect from our upcoming season and has insight on the work we are doing as a theater to create an equitable and inclusive environment both on and off stage. We get into that and more now on the Alliance Theater Podcast. We just never know where the conversation's going to go. Okay, so we'll get into who you are and what you do a little bit. Okay. But before that, can you tell me about your love story with theater? How you fell in love with theater? I feel like my story isn't as unique as I like to think it is. I feel like it's like everyone's kind of like intro to theater. I was a musical theater kid. And so I fell in love, of course, with movie musicals, um, Disney. Um, and as a kid, I would say my like theater bug um, started by watching, it's the um, 1980s version of Annie. Um, and with- That's a good one. Yeah, that's a really good yeah. one with Carol Burnett and everybody. Um, and I mean, I was just a little kid watching this little redhead sing and dance with other orphans. And I was like, I want to do that. And that's honestly the beginning. Um, and then in high school, I did theater. I mean, I was just always into the arts in general. Um, I played trombone as a kid. I was in show choir. Um, I was in church choir. I did it all. So if it was singing, dancing, music related, I was in it. So, um, and then in college, I studied theater. And, and then from there, I mean, theater has been my life profession um, for probably over 10 years of my life so far. What moment in your theater love story inspired you to become a patron services and membership manager? So my intro into, I guess, professionally working in the administrative side of theater was in the box office. Mm. I started off as a box office assistant at Actors Express, which is a theater in West Midtown, Atlanta. Mm. And so I was like, I just moved to Atlanta. I was trying to figure out how to get into like the theater scene. And so I was like, let me just work in a box office so I can know people or run into somebody and like selfishly I thought I was like I'm gonna meet somebody and get my way in as an actor right. and being in the box office would just be some temporary thing and then I mean fast forward seven years <laughs> I, I am still working in a different capacity in the box office um, but that was my intro being just a part-time box office assistant and I loved it and mm -hmm. honestly six months into my job the box office manager and my supervisor at the time at Actors Express she got a different job mm -hmm. and so this whole opportunity kind of happened where I became box office manager 
And then I was at Actors Express for six years where I kind of just moved on up and I instantly, you know, became these different roles and moved up and that led me here, of course, to the Alliance, right. um, where I'm now the patron services, patron services and membership manager. Um, and I really love it. I really never saw myself or saw what all took place on the administrative side. Um, being very actor focused, you focus on what's happening on stage, but there's so much going on before the show, during the show, outside of the show, outside of the stage that make theater happen. Um, and it's such a, it is so sad that I was so close-minded before, but there's so many people and so many individuals that go into making a show happen and not just actors, directors, designers, the people you see, you know, in the credits and the playbill, but right. there's so many other individuals that make theater happen too. Can you tell me, because as an actor, I don't know about that experience. <laughs> so can you tell me like, what is happening outside of a theater while the show is going on or before the show happens? Of what course, are you seeing? Yeah. I mean, there are people, people have to sell the tickets. People have to take the phone calls and answer questions from patrons. Um, people have to answer emails, build the, you know, just even building the ticketing page on the website, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. People have to market it, put things on social media, create flyers. Um, and then during a show, of course, people have to check people in or sell tickets day of. There are volunteers. Um, so we have ushers. Um, we have people who house manage, making sure people get to their seat or people are comfortable. Um, everything. I mean, it, there's so much. Just the day of the show right. um, is an event in itself, not just the show itself, but just managing crowd control and making sure when people come into the theater, they have a pleasant experience um, because, believe it or not, their experience coming to the theater, leaving the theater, shapes how they feel about the show. And, you know, working front of house, working in the box office, we're there to make sure people are having a good time. Right. So what do we do as an institution <laughs> to ensure that they can come and have that, like, comfortable, enjoyable theater experience yeah i think it's just about checking in with them making sure we ask patrons what they want a lot of times we assume mm. we know better mm -hmm. um but i think you really have to ask them what they want you know i think the alliance over the years has changed a lot of things here and so i think providing great information and services to them is also how we can help them have a great experience. So being a person who has such a relationship with the audience, yeah. you know, it would be argued that you might have the best experience with the audience and building those relationships. What are they saying that they want? Ooh, <laughs> dreaming big. I mean, our members Oh, they would love to have free parking. <laughs> I hope I don't get in trouble for saying that. But no, that's a that's a pie in the sky dream. 
Um, but I think really what they want now, speaking from just a post-pandemic perspective, right. I think people are really seeking experiences. And so they're not just looking to see a good show. They want to make theater, going to the theater, an experience. So right. they want these moments they can share with their friends. They want to have a night out um, and it not just feel like same old, same old. Um, if they come see one show, they want that show's experience, but the next show they see, they want a completely different experience mm. as well. Do you see us making any strides to create that experience? I think there's opportunities here, okay. definitely. I think people just want unique experiences when they see a show. So if they see a Christmas carol, um, they want to feel the Christmas spirit mm -hmm. here. I mean, and they do. Of course, we put up the Christmas trees and the decorations. And, you know, for special weekends, they get the family photos. Mm. And I think it's up to us here. And it doesn't have to be grand. We have to figure out how to create those unique experiences regardless of what the show is, big or small, Coca-Cola or Hertz or family mm -hmm. shows, how can we create um, a memorable experience when people come to the theater? Do you have an idea of what they're looking for in a season? We talk about the experience, but what about on stage? Do you have an idea of what kind of shows they're looking to see? I think what we do right now is really, really great. Mm -hmm. We really do these big, blockbuster shows so we just finished trading places right. and so we do this big blockbuster musical based off a movie and then we do these shows like the candida readings and the hurts that people um their new works so their world premieres and so people get the opportunity to see something they maybe wouldn't even think to see right. and so something like dream house and i think we we do that really well here. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not just a season full of musicals because not everybody wants to see that. A lot of people crave seeing something new. And I think being the alliance, we attract a lot of people from across the country, from across the state. A lot of people who are just visiting Atlanta come to see us. And so I think we kind of have to mix our programming to mm. attract a whole lot of audiences, but I think we do that well. Can you talk about what to, what they can expect this coming season? Yeah. I'm looking forward to Hot Wing King, the Hot Wing mm -hmm. King. Um, I, I think that is like um, probably the top of my list for this season for so many reasons. Um, it's a queer black show, queer black male focused show. Um, it's written by Katori Hall, mm -hmm. who's having this big moment. She has a show called P Valley. And I think it's, I mean, I would say we have so much potential there, mm -hmm. and especially since Katori's directing it. Right. I think that is like amazing. And I think there's, um, something there with this show and i think a lot of people are going to be surprised um you're going to be immersed in that experience and i think that's really like our 
sleeper hit. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. And then um, I'm really looking forward to Jasmine Starkid, too. That's our Candida show, That's right? That's our Candida show in the Hertz. Um, and I think from everything I know about what could potentially happen with the show, when I think this is going to be a unique show that people maybe haven't seen right. here in a while. And speaking on like different... Um, hitting different audiences differently, I connect with Jasmine Starkid Mm -hmm. as a child of divorced parents, right? And so you have this little girl who is experiencing that process of them possibly getting divorced Mm -hmm. and trying to go back in time and change that. And so you get the like sci-fi-ness and the the wonders of that. And I feel like we really have this season that hits for every Every audience member. I think so. And like, I think Jasmine Sarkis is pretty timely too. Yes. I really like that. Yes. So speaking on representation, I know that, can you tell us a little bit about, I know you're the director of the LGBTQ EDI subcommittee. And I know EDI is uh, equity, diversity, and inclusion. And it's the hiring committee. Yes. Correct? For the staff here? Oh yeah. The EDI task force here, we're a part of the hiring committee. So someone from the task force will sit in, of course, on interviews to represent the EDI committee and sort of speak to the equity and inclusion, I guess, policies we have here at the Alliance, and then kind of ask any candidates um, what they think of those things and how they might contribute Mm -hmm. to the policies here and I guess the way we do things here at the Alliance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what drew you to that role? Um, I would say, especially over the past three years or so, I've been super, I guess when I feel like now I've transitioned from like my junior position, like learning phase, I was super observant. I kind of, when I started out, I was like, okay, I'm in a position where I want to learn. And I know that there are people who probably know a lot more than me. So I kind of sat back. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm sort of transitioning now into this kind of like mid-level position, senior level in my career, I want to use my voice. I want to be, I want to represent people who are um, marginalized and unheard, who don't have the you know who aren't in the rooms that I'm not that I'm in Mm. and so I want to speak for them and I want to be a voice and I want to make sure that people are heard and their standpoints are heard right yeah what do you think inclusivity means I think being inclusive means that there's an opportunity for anyone regardless of their background um, their beliefs, color of their skin, however they however they identify, they are allowed to join and participate um, without having to, you know, diminish themselves. Right, come in as their whole self. They can be their whole self. Right, and be like welcome. And be welcome. Appreciate it. They can speak up in a way without fear of retaliation or anything like that. Mm. How do you think the Alliance is um, is making strides forward with inclusivity? Uh, both, we can start maybe off stage, yeah. but then also on stage. Off stage, I mean, 
We have a well, we have a very diverse um, staff here. I didn't anticipate that. I've been here for a year, and so it's amazing to see so many people um, with so many different backgrounds, people of different races, people who identify um, in different ways, and they get to be themselves here. They get to be um, their full selves. Uh, I am a married queer black man, and so and, and I get to bring my husband here and introduce him to people, and I don't have to worry about what anyone thinks of that, um, and I get to be my full self here, and then others do as well, and everyone here has been so welcoming, and they've always been, it's always been, I don't know, it's just been a, a, an environment where some where someone can be themselves. Yeah. Yeah. How does your identity as a queer black man influence the work that you do um, as in the EDI committee and yeah. also, you know, your role uh, with patron services? Yeah. And so I'll start off with how it influences in my role as patron service manager. Um, I would say... Still now, you can walk into a lot of institutions and a lot of theaters and not see someone that looks like me. You won't see a black man or sometimes you won't see even black people. And so, but you're not like in a role of power where you get to shape policy or get to really shape people's experiences. And so, um. It really, I don't take it for granted. I make sure people, especially people of color, when they come to the theater, they see me mm -hmm. and that they feel welcomed um, and that they know um, that I'm here for them. And, and I would say on the EDI committee, it shapes me because I bring my perspective and I bring things, um, the experiences I've gone through in different places to the committee so I make sure what I've experienced or what I know something if I know something's happened somewhere or I try to be very conscious and I make sure people know we can't let that happen here or if that happens here we can't let that happen here again mm -hmm. um, I really try to make sure that we are always doing our best to be as inclusive and as equitable as possible. Yeah. Speaking on that, we live in a city such as Atlanta, yeah. which is like one of the most diverse cities. Um, and our mission is to expand hearts and minds yeah. on stage and off. How are we doing that? How are we reaching all of these different diverse communities that we represent? And, you know, how do you think that's being done at the I Alliance? We're doing that pretty well. Um, I would say... We have expanded our community engagement over the past two years pretty well, where we figure out who we can partner with, who we can work with. Um, and so I think for each show, we do our best to find these like targets and kind of reach shows or reach communities we feel that that show kind of speaks to that way we can do it authentically and let them see the show and see how we're doing it and that can be improved upon right um but yeah i think we're doing a great job at 
reaching the different demographics here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering how do we measure our, our success in reaching these different communities? That is a good question. Because, and I feel this way about just EDI work, there is no like, in, there's no finish right. line. The finish line is always in front of you. We're but, working it but out. It's, it's always a work in progress. Yeah. And I think we know right now everything we're doing, especially this past season being our first season post-vaccine, uh, post-like having live shows after COVID, um, we know it was a building year. So anything mm. we've done so far, we know we can be as time goes on. Mm. I'm also thinking about creating those safe, comfortable environments for these communities to have that theater going experience yeah. here. You know, not just to be uh, sitting and having the, the watching a show that represents them, but also feeling comfortable and welcomed when they come. That is the thing. Like we can't. We want to be able to have, of course these different demographics, these different groups, different individuals come see a show, of course, where they might be represented on stage, Mm -hmm. but we also want them to come back to a show that doesn't represent them exactly in the way that they just saw. And so, you know, I think we want, it's all about, again, going back to it, the experience. And so it's everything that happens off the stage. And so do they feel welcome in the lobby when they pull up? Do they feel safe here on campus? Did they, and then they can look at our programs, look at our listings, see our emails, be like, you know what? Let's go back and see this show. And that's what it's all about. Right. Well, I feel like we're excellent hands with you. <laughs> oh, oh thank you i hope so yes is there anything that i didn't ask you today that you want to express or tell our audience oh man um i was asked this before um i just i was um spotlighted in a board report mm-hmm. and i guess i've been in the box office for guess about seven years now seven going on eight and I still love working in the box office I still love working the window I am a people person so I'm always checking in with people when I work out front and the reason why I do that or the reason why I still love answering the phones and working the window Mm -hmm. is because every now and then I run into people who have never been to the theater before Mm -hmm. And I am all about making their first time at the theater an amazing time. And when I say first time, and I don't mean like at the Alliance, I mean like they're saying, I've never seen a live show before. I've never, Mm -hmm. they've gone to movies, they watch TV, but they've never seen live actors on stage, lights turn on, you know, start to finish, and then curtain call at the end. They've never seen a live performance before. And so I'm all about making sure their first live show um, is an amazing one. That way they can be a theater patron for life because Mm -hmm. we all benefit from it. Every theater does. And so I wanna make sure that when they get their ticket from start to finish, they have a great time. Thank you so much, Koi, for your oh. time. It's been such a pleasure. Oh, thank you for having me. You're I welcome. Love this. You're welcome. Thank you. The pleasure is mine. There's still so much more to come this season at the Alliance Theater. 
Next up is our production of Everybody by Brandon Jacob Jenkins. It follows the story of everybody, a happy person, a free person, a person who believes nothing but the best lies ahead. Until death comes calling and everybody goes on a journey to find what has had lasting significance in their lifetime. With the cast chosen via lottery every night, no performance is ever the same. Visit alliancetheater.org for show information and ticket information. Alliance Theater classes are also back in full swing with acting classes for all ages. Check out alliancetheater.org for class schedules and information. These stories just keep getting better and we can't wait to share more of them with you guys. Be sure to follow us at Alliance Theater on all social platforms to stay informed about all theater happenings. Until next time, Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Alliance Theater Podcast.